0: Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And And you're you're about about to get get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 138 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Kill La Kill episodes 6 through 7, where nudist beach, nudist beach, nudist beach... Perfect eyes can only be improved by sewing them shut, and money makes all
1: your family members into jerks. Look, that is a true fact inside of all of reality. Unless, maybe, if they just were to give you some of it, and then you could be rich too, and you could then also be the jerk. Why can't we all just be jerks here? Why can't we be
0: jerks, let's jump in here we are you sound
1: tired i am tired dude but thanks for noticing and also pointing it out to people listening to our podcast (laughs) uh,
0: they uh, they noticed i'm sure they noticed they know us by now we're uh what is this like our 185th recorded episode (laughs) I don't know. It's many episodes in. So I uh, they, they understand. Uh, they know all your fucking secrets. So, you know, just get yeah. used to that
1: reality. You stupid. Yeah. Reality. All my, all my secrets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like yeah. I wanted to say I had something anime that I wanted to talk about. Oh, they, they announced the live action cowboy bebop cast. I think more of it than had been previously announced. looks like, uh, all, the few reactions that I've seen from it have been largely positive. Um, Specifically, there's a character in the episode, the two part storyline called Jupiter jazz, which we covered in an episode with the same name. So that one's easy to find. Uh, There's a character that uh, seems to be trans and it looks like they are going to be writing that character. And I believe casting that character as a trans non-binary actor um, oh wow. So that's cool. That's been bit uh, big news for representation in media. That's very cool. Um, and I think I saw like a, I haven't really read any of the articles on this, but kind of just reading the blurbs of those articles. it seems like um, the creators were kind of like,, um, you know that's that's more or less what this character was, but back then we just didn't have the terms that we have now. And we just didn't understand mm-hmm. these things in the way that we have sort of come to understand them these days. Uh, so that's yeah. cool. Um, More live-action Cowboy Bebop news is exciting stuff. I am still pretty optimistic about everything that I've heard about that series, so I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, well... In, in other news, other than anime news, um, I am uh, supremely annoyed that WandaVision got pushed back until 2021. Yeah, and um, uh,
0: also maybe Black Widow might be released on Disney Plus, uh, which uh, I don't I'd don't like know, to watch man. on Disney Plus because I just want to see it at some point, but I do not want to pay $30 uh, to watch it like people yeah, do. Yeah, I know,
1: man. I just, I, I don't want to, I don't want them to make me they make me watch it through that or be like, you can either watch it here or you can go to this room and maybe see it inside of a movie theater or maybe not. I just, I don't know. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I obviously right now here in America, uh, pandemic is not going very well. Uh, and, um, All of the experts are pretty much predicting that Thanksgiving is going to make a situation that is bad and is getting worse, way worse. So uh, this is a little late for you guys. I think this comes out after Thanksgiving, doesn't it? Uh, Happy Thanksgiving, Americans. This comes out the next day. So hope you had a good one. Happy Thanksgiving, Americans. (laughs) I hope you had a good one. I hope you didn't do too much. And uh, I don't know. I don't want to tell people not to plan things with their families because you know what? Some people are taking it very seriously. And, uh, you know, some some people you can trust your family members to be careful in their own lives. And I don't know. Some people, I think, should get with their family. Some people, I think, should not get with their family. I think a larger portion of the people that are probably good to get with their family will not do it. And a larger portion of the people that are probably not good to get with their family will do it. And I think that, uh, therefore, the experts will be borne out to be correct. And things will get uh, notably worse after Thanksgiving. Probably about two weeks after Thanksgiving, because that's how this thing goes. So, uh, you know uh all that said it's good that black widow is not in theaters (laughs) but i don't want to watch it on disney plus i have a nice big tv we got a new one this year it's good uh and so i could watch it on there and it would be fine but going to a theater is just more fun and uh, i don't think it's safe to do that right now really And so I think it's okay that the movies that are the big new ones that we're all looking forward to aren't coming out there because that would incentivize people that might otherwise stay home to not stay home.
1: It's a complicated issue. This sucks. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I have uh, in 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 manga reading news. I have been reading um, all of Mashal. So oh yeah, um, I figured you would happen to me so far. That's Uh, up to it's chapter forty right now it's so good man it's just like I, it's very addictive to read and it's just i i just kind of can cram through it really really fast um the other uh, the other manga that we have covered inside of the weekly jump that i have gotten really into is jujutsu kaisen oh yeah um, you've checked that out I, okay cool yeah i i i think i am i am optimistic about it uh or i was optimistic about it after hearing about it um and then i i connected with the the fan base uh via reddit and they're very 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 uh, like adamant that it's going to be like the next big giant thing and so i was like okay maybe i'll just keep up with this see what i feel about it and i mean i've been presently like not presently pleasantly surprised i guess i'm also presently surprised yeah Um, that doesn't mean as much (laughs) (laughs) but uh i was i was very surprised by uh how number one how good it is and number two how i was i was into the kind of um freaky horror shonen aspects of it um, and it, it sort of, it sort of leans further and further into that, um, as the show goes on more, um, where it's like, it's more like body mod and monstery fighting, you know, okay. shonen anime. Kind of parasite, it reminded me
0: kind of Tokyo Ghoul. Not
1: as, not as gross as parasite is because parasite is gross. Like uh, *Parasite*, uh, there's there are active parts where people are just getting like their heads crushed, and you're watching that. Okay. Um, and. Uh, maybe it's because I'm reading inside of manga form. It doesn't feel as gross, but it, Parasite, the anime, the, especially the new adaptation of it, is really gross to me. Um, but it, I, I still think it's cool and I watch it, <laughs> but it's not. it doesn't change it from being gross. Well, you know,
0: gross things can be interesting or entrancing or whatever. I mean, the, uh, that's pretty much the entire allure of um, slasher films is that, like, you you know, you're there to see this sort of, like, creativity involved in how absurd and gory these these things can be and you know it's not for everybody but it is for some people yeah anyways um that's all i have for this week my uh, my hero academia season five i think as a trailer i think that's news uh mm. so that's cool um that show is uh, speaking of Jujutsu kaisen being potentially the new hotness in the manga world and the anime world uh, my hero academia is firmly <laughs> the current hotness for several years running in the manga and anime world. It does not seem to have really lost any steam. So, uh, you know, new season coming sometime in our futures. And, uh, oh yeah. I, so I've been reading manga. Uh, as you guys know, I li- I read, you know, one chapter of this and one chapter of that. And I have sort of a, a stable of series that I'm slowly picking my way through. I spoke very highly of uh uh, Shokugeki no Soma. A little while ago, it's starting to lose me. I'm I don't know, like 14, somewhere, somewhere around 14, 16 chapters in. Uh, I'm starting to feel that it's a little repetitive, and it it re- it feels kind of like Yu-Gi-Oh in that uh, everything is solved with a very specific type of contest that the anime is focused on, and Yu-Gi-Oh that is you know card battles in uh, in food wars that is cooking battles. But I think the difference is that the I, I was thinking about it and I was like, it just seems like the the way that these cooking battles are designed is really predictable and the same all the time. And it's, that's true of other series like Yu-Gi-Oh! And even in a grander sense, the sort of battle anime that are great, like My Hero Academia and One Piece and stuff like that, they generally I mean, stories generally have the same. More or less the same structure of like tension building into a climax. Uh, so on a on a grand scale, you know, I, I could come up with the criticism that I that I was like, this is unique to Food Wars. But uh, on the other hand, when I think about series like Yu-Gi-Oh, which uh, is silly because it's a card game, but is actually a pretty good example of this genre and arguably quite well done most of the time. Uh, they do a good job of creating different scenarios, utilizing the structure of a strategic card game to create varied and different contests and to create varied and different ways to outsmart and overcome your opponent. Also, because it is a card game, you are taking turns and uh, matching your opponent. Things are building, but that you're also having time to react to them. So what I'm noticing from Food Wars after an initial real charmer of a first couple of chapters, uh, I'm noticing that the the contests really have the same structure, but really nothing else, which is they build up his opponent. They talk about how good his opponent is at X or Y. They uh, talk about how he's definitely going to lose. Then a couple of shots of them cooking, and then the opponent reveals their dish and it's amazing and cannot be beaten. And then the protagonist reveals his dish and he has beaten them. And it's just like, none of those sort of tête-à-tête moments are there. None of that back and forth is there. Like you don't see them cooking the dish. You don't see their internal monologue going into the preparation of the dish. And so far in the series, you haven't seen anything like Uh, any mistakes in the kitchen like everything has been done impeccably to the point that the cooking part is basically skipped because nothing interesting happens there and it's just like basically all these contests are coming down to is create a character that has a specialty talk about how great they are at their specialty and then uh, beat them at their specialty and uh, none of the sort of like steps of how they were beaten or why the thing the protagonist has made is better and of course That's the other thing. It comes down to creating a food dish that tastes better and you are reading about it. And so it's like at a certain point, I kind of got I'm starting to get to the point where I'm like, I just have to take you at your word that he won because there's nothing in the story that's telling me that he did better. You're just saying yeah. his dish tastes better. And that's because he, he he's supposed to win because he's the protagonist. Whereas like, yeah, even food when Yuki. Is subjective, man. <laughs> huh?
1: I said, food is subjective.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, I don't know when you're an expert girl, or whatever, I think, you know, you watch something like chopped and, and there is a certain way that those people approach the flavors and the cooking styles and the dishes themselves where there is is a level of expertise that is at play here, and there is an arguable semi-objectivity to the the skillful way that these things were put together. But yeah, Mm -hmm. it's just, again, I think Yu-Gi-Oh! is a great example because, again, that is a card game where pretty much all of the cards outside of the protagonist's deck have never been seen before. And often in the manga, that's because he's making it up as he goes along in the same way that Food Wars is making up these, you know, these battles. Uh, And, you know, obviously, again, all stories are making up their confrontations with usually the idea that the protagonist will overcome them. So like, you know, in a grand scale, this is true of all stories. And I'm not saying that Food Wars is bad. It still has a lot of charm and I haven't given up on it yet, but it is starting to lose me because it is missing. It is the setup and the finale Without any of the buildup. And so the finale doesn't feel yeah. so much like a payoff as much as just a thing that happens. Um, yeah. And so think, it's just, it doesn't feel earned at all. Yeah. And I think the first few chapters really grabbed me because I had not seen this cooking competition series do what it's doing. And so it mm-hmm. did feel like a payoff because it was new or at least a new version of a familiar thing. Uh, Because I do think that it is quite similar to Yu-Gi-Oh, at least in the way that it's sort of plot and battles are structured. It all is structured around this one thing, card games or cooking, and everything sort of builds into those competitions. But in Yu-Gi-Oh, the competition is the point, and then there is something that allows the character that wins to win at the end. And it, it's structured yeah. around a reveal because that's exciting. And, you know, totally, that's an ass pull. He made that card work the way he needed it to for the moment that he needed it. Uh, but it, you feel you can trace the steps of how we got here. Whereas with this, you're just like, like the one I just read, he he meets this woman whose like, specialty is meat. And they spend a long time talking about how she makes whatever it is. If it has meat in it, she kills it. And she also has access to this farm that makes like the highest quality meat available. So not only is she an expert at cooking the meat, but she is going to be using a cut of meat that is a higher quality than the other character will even have access to. And they spend like three chapters talking about how uh, foregone conclusion that she will win it is. And then Soma just beats the shit out of her by making like, Discount meat that was basically like past its prime date but not expired. So he saved money on getting like about to go bad meat and beat her like top line meat. And I'm like, it's not that I can't see that happening, but it's just that like this uh, none of you ex- they explain like what his dish is and what's in it and what makes it good. But I just don't, I don't have a frame of reference and I didn't see him struggle to get there. He just, He's just a, a, you know, all caps, very smart man TM who just happens to have a way to get out. I don't know. It's starting to grate on me a lot and we'll see if I keep it up. Uh, And then, you know, also check out Red Sprite because that's a cool series.
1: Yeah. I uh, I will say that uh what you're explaining to me just makes me realize the reason why I love uh you know a, a, something completely off topic but about baking uh the mm-hmm. great british ba- british bake off so much um is because you're watching these people really struggle with the things that they have to do and at the end of it they they show off what they have been either able to successfully succeed with or what they have cobbled together with the amount that they could do. And I'm like, you're missing that struggle of cooking, which is a lot like... Um, I, I I think it's a a lot like watching somebody you know build something yeah, or build a house or you know put right. together a puzzle it's it's the getting there that's the exciting yeah, part that's It's true. not the show off at the end always that's good unless you are e- actually eating the food. Because then it would be completely different, and you could just come in at the end and be like, "Oh, this is delicious. This is not delicious. I understand that I want to eat this thing and this other one." Because that is like a yeah. you know a a sense you you're having like a a sense explosion with uh-huh. really really good food. Whereas yeah, when you're just seeing it on the page and is it and like, really Trust that us, much it's good than food. Her dish? Because it's she, like it, well, uh, while while really, Soma does you're not seem to be something the
0: with she has been. <laughs> she is the expert at meat. Like if I'm to understand this correctly, at least in this school of elite, crazy talented people, she's the person you go to if you want your meat done the best. And she has access to the highest quality meat. Like, so like he beats her hands down. And I don't know. It's just, it is, I think the great British baking baking show or bake off or whatever it's called here in America. It's different than in England, apparently because of some copyright thing. Uh, Whatever that show, I've never actually seen that, but like I've watched Nailed It. I watched Chopped. Like I've seen cooking competitions. They all have the basic same structure. Make a thing either, I don't know, they either do it Chopped style where they're like make it uh, using these kind of ingredients or they do it Nailed It style where they're like try to make X. And then you go and you make X. And the thing is, those episodes, you get you cover Try to Make X in about one to two minutes. And then at the end, you spend some time looking at what they made. Uh, But most of the episode is them cooking. And that's the part that's missing from this manga. And that uh, is the part that's interesting (laughs) and that makes part, you know, the first part and the last part connect to each other because it's how you get there and it's how you can tell who won and why. Uh, And that just, so, you know, I'm starting to feel that that's missing. And I think that uh, it convinced me it was really good and was going to work because it was a new take On this type of conflict and now I'm starting to realize that uh, they're going to need to shake up what they've been doing for the last 15 chapters uh, or they're just it's just going to become a series of repetitive events where Mm -hmm. it comes down to me just having to take your word for it.
1: Yeah. Anyways, with all that being said, uh, Blake uh, talking about too much food, let's talk about Mm, uh, what happened in these episodes. So let's uh, let's jump into what happened previously on Kill a Kill. Kill a Kill is uh, kind of
0: like anime doing a Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, It is big and wacky. It's funny, but also action packed. It has fan service, but the fan service seems more to be trying to make you laugh than trying to make you feel special feelings. Uh, it's wild and wacky. It focuses on this girl named Ryuko. She, um, in the beginning of the series, she shows up at this school and she declares that she thinks the current student body president of this school uh is responsible for the death of her father. Um, she wants to get revenge she has a sword that is basically like if you took a, a pair of scissors and broke it in two you would have you know one blade attached to a handle that's her sword um and uh after losing a fight she stumbles into a secret previously unknown underground laboratory at her old home in which she discovers a sentient piece of clothing called uh, that she dubs senketsu it uh it Drinks her blood in order to power itself and allows her to keep up with the superpowered people of the school. They get their superpowers from their clothes also because this series is all about clothes and people doing crazy superpowered things because they're wearing them. The superpowered clothes that the students get are called Goku uniforms. And uh, the student council has basically formed a citywide fascistic government uh, that stems from this school and is centered largely on Goku uniforms. They've basically become the societal order, and it is quite rigid. Um, so the uh, the um, student body president is a girl named Satsuki. She has uh, four members of the student body that are particularly powerful and work with her as kind of a student council slash bodyguard um, escort, I guess. Um, They are called the Elite Four, no relation. Um, Ryuko wants to get to Satsuki to take her down, but she's going to have to fight through wave after wave of different students and potentially start fighting the Elite Four at some point or another. Uh, Along the way, Ryuko made friends with another student called Mako, uh, who is a sort of adorably affable, uh, somewhat out-of-it character who is just like always happy no matter what's happening, even though she's frequently being kidnapped or threatened with death. Uh, Mako is just always smiling. Uh, Mako's family is super poor they live in the slums but they have taken ryuko and senketsu in Uh, there's also a homeroom teacher a guy named aikuro aikuro uh, has served as a sort of subversive mentor for ryuko he uh, seems to want to take down the student body president even while he works as a teacher at the school And uh, there was a guy that uh, you just need to know because of the first scene in this first episode we're covering today. His name is Sumugu. They're going to call him Mr. Mohawk in these episodes. Uh, He was a very cool dude that showed up the last time we talked about Kill la Kill. He doesn't actually appear in these episodes. But because he fought Ryuko, she is going to ask Aikuro about it at the start of episode six.
1: Alright, so episode six is Don't Toy With Me on a Whim. Come uh, this it. episode is, uh, really fantastic. Uh, it starts out with, um, I, <laughs> I just. <laughs> I wanted to call him uh I wanted to call him Moose Moose Mugu, Um but it's he's they're talking about Smugu. He was from one of the previous episodes. Uh we talked about him at length being a really cool character. Blake refers to him in the notes as Mr. Mohawk. That's what um, they call him in the dab here. Yeah, um, but uh, they they talk about uh, a, a battle that they are are fighting against uh, with this secret organization. And he's like, it's called Nudist Beach. And there is a, a really ridiculous moment where he's like taking off his shirt really slowly. Aww. And then all of a sudden, it's just like his nipples come out. And he's just like, oh! He pulls his... It's he so takes weird. off his shirt such
0: that he's kind of doing the superman motion where you're revealing the S but further so he can reveal his nipples and then his nipples start to like glow this like pink brilliant <laughs> so light weird. it's hilarious and yeah. uh yeah he he tells her about their organization called nudist beach which is from what i can infer it again sort of trying to Uh, subvert the authority of this fascistic student government at the school and uh, he and Sumugu, aka Mr. Mohawk are in this organization together Uh, he he basically had Sumugu attack Ryuko to toughen her up because she's not strong enough to take down the student government yet Uh, and that's going to kind of set her on the path for the rest of this episode
1: yeah um she's going to uh be cut off from her storyline and we're going to go more into the storyline of one of the elite four uh this elite four's character's uh, first name i believe is uzu um and uh he Sonagami- is sanagayama is his last name <laughs> okay for, whatever for you guys um, playing along at home anyways i i don't want to say that so i'm not uh, going to i mean i wish um, you would but uh only because it would be funny Anyways, um, we are going to get the backstory of this Elite Four character. Um, He was, uh, in in middle school, he was running a different school. He had a whole bunch of people that were behind him, and uh, he joined the Elite Four underneath uh, set... Oh God! I'm just I'm too tired to say names. Satsuki, um, but <laughs> Satsuki, he's uh, he he joins Satsuki after Satsuki defeated him soundly um, by hitting him in the stomach when he tried to sneak up on her, um, and that is replayed in the future where he tries to sneak up on her again, and she's like, "You you can't sneak up on me," and he's like, "Well, I wouldn't want to sneak up on you because even if I did, you could kill me with that teacup where you're, you're sitting," um, and then at the end of it she, he shows off that she actually couldn't kill him with a teacup anymore um because he could block it with his his sword specialized that is, yeah he's got specialized somebody specialized
0: um, in anime i was thinking about that i was like this is weird this comes up a lot and then i of course thought about naruto because i was like look look with your specialized eyes uh but i was like well we can't really like use that joke because we've already made it many times but specifically with the sharingan eye in naruto and then i was like we're not even close to done with all of the different types of special eyes in naruto alone what's going yeah. on here
1: yeah they all have specialized anyways um <laughs> <laughs> there is there, there is uh, a really cool battle that happens inside this episode afterwards um, between Ryuko and Uzu. Um, they they go back and forth. Uh, Uzu is showed off to be a really really powerful, almost Gundam esque three star Goku uniform. Yeah, he's cool. He's kind fights- of
0: designed like a hulking kendo guy. If you know what kendo yeah. is, that's like you wear a lot of pads and there's a wooden sword, and he's kind of a take on that.
1: Yeah, except for it almost looks like a, you know, like a Gundam unit as well. Yeah, it's Um, awesome. It's very Mech-like.
0: And and so his special eyes, they allow him to almost functionally see the future, but not because he can tell what's going to happen in a sort of like mystical sense, but more because he has such honed, uh, I don't know, visual instincts that he can track the kind of like tensing of your muscles or the flicker of your eyes or the little the little signals that your body largely involuntarily sends to indicate what you're about to do and he can respond mm-hmm. to it. So he he's kind of functionally able to predict all her moves before she makes them because he's actually reading all of her body movements the second her body starts to move. But before it's actually like accomplished what it's set out to do it's
2: pretty cool
1: yeah yeah, and I think I, I think he's a really cool character, and the way that he's defeated is also a really interesting way because he's going to show off that he has uh, this ability with his eyes that he can track everything, and so uh, Ryuko comes up with a really cool option for defeating him, which is that she's going to put uh, she's going to cut off a piece of Sengetsu um, or Sengetsu, um, and it's going to fly into his eyes so that he can't see anything, and then she is going to be able to strike a killing blow on him because she is powerful enough with her scissor blade to actually destroy his uniform um it seems like maybe you know the uniforms are are just completely weak to the scissor blade so no matter if it hits or not or so no matter if it hits it doesn't have to hit in a certain strength they can cut through it Um, but he has been too difficult to hit up until this point um because he loses but because he isn't willing to actually lose um, he is defeated and commits himself to take away his uh, his strength and also his weakness. He goes to a different character um, which is the leader of the sewing club and he's <laughs> like, sew my eyes shut and the guy's like, okay I guess <laughs> Yeah, this um, is, so he's one of the elite four so he has been
0: defeated by Ryuko and that's a deal because uh satsuki has shown that she is a uh very much a like you get one chance only kind of hard authoritarian figure and so uzu knows that he's gonna have to do something drastic if he's gonna be able to defeat ryuko again because now she knows his weakness uh so he needs to he needs to change it up but also he's going to have to show Satsuki that he is serious because she does not usually allow people to have a second chance. And because Ryuko beat him earlier, he no longer has a Goku uniform. Uh, And right now, because of the weird fascistic student government, you can't get a Goku uniform unless it is given to you by Satsuki. So there there's this whole rigmarole that he needs to go through, which Just happens to both show Satsuki that he's serious and set him up to no longer have the same weakness he did when he fought Ryuko the first time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it turns out that that works. Um, He is not only more powerful but insanely more powerful than he was before um he actually says that he can see everything including the universe and everything that's going to happen yeah he's Um, kind of
0: tough daredevil sort of situation where he he sort of has a like a super powered radar sense because he, he can't see specifically
1: yeah, he soundly destroys Ryuko, um, and the only reason that Ryuko isn't killed is because his Goku uniform is not powerful enough to keep up with him, and it overheats before he can strike the final blow on her. Um, and then, after that, we see uh, Ryuko licking her wounds, and uh, Uzu uh, saying basically that um he has now become much more powerful than he was before and he seems to be kind of toying around uh with the way that he 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 talks uh talks to um Sinket, uh sorry uh do 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 um <laughs> <laughs> i'm so bad at pronouncing names right now um i i i don't want to say uh, Satsuki's name wrong i think i said it right there that was right um Okay, great. But he he seems to be toying around with the way that he's talking to her, um like that he maybe he's become as powerful as her, and maybe not. He's seen testing out a new Goku uniform after this and it is able to keep up with him and he's just like, "Yes, this is good. Yes, yes." Yeah, this um, is
0: anyways. This is really interesting because up until this point, all of the characters in this show, th- this is uh, again, this is kind of like a cartoon, so more so than something like Naruto. Where, you know, the characters can do crazy things that are totally ungrounded, but outside of doing those things, everything around them is relatively grounded, and those things also have pretty specific rules. Kill the Kill is operating on a different wavelength, and that is the cartoon wavelength, where things are are crazy and overblown because that's funny and because that's interesting and because that looks cool. So sort of rule of cool or rule of funny is, is in charge here more so than keeping the story grounded. So all of that said, uh, while characters have done unbelievable, ungrounded things, it has always been in the name of sort of the joke Uh, And others, otherwise, the people that don't have a Goku uniform don't have special powers. Um, People that do have a uniform have special powers because they're wearing the Goku uniform or because they have the special uniform like Ryuko and Satsuki have. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is the first time we have seen the inverse, which is that the guy in the clothes has more strength than the clothes can handle. And so I don't know exactly what this is telling us. I, you know, I haven't seen this series, so I don't know what to expect. It seems like this guy's eye ability is something that he has that is enhanced by his Goku uniform. And that's new. So I think we're kind of coming up on to a, a, a new twist on the series power structure. Uh, but the next episode, it's not going to explore that. So we'll just kind of leave that there.
1: Next episode is going to be leaning way more into the cartoon aspect of the show. Oh my God. Uh, This is episode seven, A Loser I Can Hate, and it's possibly the funniest episode I've seen so far of the show, again. This episode Um, was good and in uh, mostly a good way. It felt like
0: it was like 45 minutes long. It's not. It's a regular episode length, which is about 22 minutes, but uh, it felt like so much happened That like halfway through the episode, I was like, the episode's over now, isn't it? Like it's been going on forever, but it hadn't. It just is grabbing a lot of plot in there.
1: Yeah, it's also so funny. Um, It starts out with uh, Ryuko and Mako hanging out. Um, They're trying to eat their lunch, and uh, Ryuko is attacked by oh so many dumb, dumb leaders of dumb clubs. Uh Um, Like, the funniest one to me is the one where it's just like um, it's just like her coming in on top of a Uh tightrope and she's like, I'm part of the tightrope club! And after (laughs) she defeats him uh, after she defeats her, she's Just like, who would join that club? And Mako's just like, yeah, there's been a lot of really dumb clubs that have been started because um it turns out that you can get a three-star uniform if you if if you defeat Ryuko. And so there's been like a bounty put on her head, and so all of these different people have started clubs in order to deal with it. Yeah, specifically the three
0: people that attack her at the beginning of the episode all used to belong to the same club, but they split it into three hyper-specific clubs for the purposes of becoming club leaders getting a goku uniform and trying to advance in society because what we're going to learn is that not only do you get goku uniforms if you're a part of a club but having goku uniforms directly translates into having higher status in the city around the school what the hell is
1: happening I know. Um, And so Ryuko starts her own club. It's going to be a fight club. Um, She's going to go around and start uh, defeating other club presidents. Hold on, Hold on a second. Um, Hold on. But
0: did you hear about the real does. life fight club from like a week ago? No. Tell me about it. There was a real life fight club. I think it was in Queens. It was definitely in like New York city. And it was like, the story was like on Saturday night, a group of people, I guess this is two weeks ago. If you're listening to this, uh, this group of like 200 people were found in an underground fight club. And of course, since we're living through pandemic times, the list of grievances that these underground fight clubbers, uh, were listed as having done was like, there were drugs found. There were multiple firearms and nobody was wearing a mask. (laughs) So there was just a real life fight club in New York. Like for real, no joke that was broken up by the police on Saturday.
1: That's insane, dude. Yep. Like I, I don't, I don't, I just, anyways. Yeah. Anyway, this is
0: not like the real life fight club that apparently fucking existed and almost certainly guarantees that there are more examples of it out there in the world. Why? why uh, nor is it like the fictionalized version of that in the movie slash book fight club by chuck Palahniuk. this is a club whose purpose is to fight other club presidents to defeat them and it, every time they're they're beaten and uh ryuko slashes their their goku uniforms off of them one of the fibers from it which is called a life fiber which is where all these costumes get their their power from um kind of sucks up into uh ryuko's costume it's been a little while since i've made a digimon reference this reminded me of in digimon tamers when they would beat the digimon and the digimon like bursts into data particles and then the digimon that won can absorb the data and become stronger from it that's the uh. impression i got here was that she is absorbing these life fibers and becoming stronger uh, uh, and that Digimon's. this kind of harkens back to the beginning of the previous episode where Ikuto told her that she needed to fight more to get stronger before she could fight the
1: people she wanted to fight Shut up about Digimon, Blake. I will never, ever shut up about Digimon. Anyways, um, one of the great things about joining a club is that as a club president, you have horrible bureaucracy placed upon you. And because Ryuko is like, I don't want to do that. uh, She just foibles it off on to Mako and Mako's like, okay, I guess she's kind of a shitty friend here. She's like, oh,
0: I have to wake up at 7 a.m. Or I have to be here at 7 a.m. Mako will do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So it turns out that you also get these other things. So one thing is that Mako gets a, uh, a Goku uniform, which is new. Um, and then. The other thing that happens is that you gain fabulous wealth and status, which changes her family completely. And they turn from like their fun family, um, that's just having fun and being stupid inside of the slums, uh, to horrible, wealthy, obnoxious people. Um, and I, I love that their transformation is so Whole and so stupidly fast. It is complete and sudden. Yeah, it it your status
0: in the world out uh, outside of the school. It it seems explicitly directly tied to these stars on your Goku uniform, which is tied to how well your club is doing. So, like, they become a club, and then Ryuko wins a fight or two, which allows Mako to get a one star which allows her to move her family from the slums to like a normal apartment. I think it's shown to have four rooms Uh, and they're fine. They are much happier because now they're not so crammed in. They have some extra spending money, so they're able to get a little bit higher quality food. Their quality of life has improved drastically and nothing else changes. They're super happy. Then Mako is like, my family was made so much happier by that transition so our club must continue to succeed so that we can transition to an even greater level and my family will be even happier. So at two stars, they move from their normal apartment to a mansion on a hill. They are yep. hyper rich. Now, instead of regular hair, her mom is wearing like a pink beehive wig. Her dad yep. is dressed in suits and is attending meetings of other like back alley doctors who apparently have like a <laughs> high class union and he has like a golden bust of himself that has been made and placed in a seat of prominence in the dining room. Yep. And like the son who's a very young is like often like it's a candy store that looks like a jewelry shop and he's like buying all these chocolates and then their fucking pug dog is doing the same thing and is like riding around in a car by itself with like, poodles like hanging out with his bitches you know he's got poodles eating out of dog bowls on the hood of his car
1: yeah, it's fantastic um, and very silly, and um, it is driving a wedge between Ryuko and Mako because uh, Mako is told that she can keep on going uh, forward, but she has to um, defeat Ryuko if she wants to keep her life of luxury that she's uh, attained. Specifically so for her and her
0: family. So it's yeah. they do a pretty good job of like twisting the screw here.
1: Yeah, so Mako and Ryoko fight. Uh, Ryoko is uh, dealt with. I, I really always took it as that Ryoko is not willing to really fight against Mako, so she is not taking it seriously. Yeah, they don't say it explicitly, um, and, but I was like, I bet that's what's going on. Yeah, uh, but Mako is is defeating her to the point where she is about to lose, or what it looks like Ryoko is about to lose. Mako when Mako her Goku comes to her senses
0: yeah her Goku uniform is awesome it looks she she's dressed up like a sort of like street tough kind of thing sort of like um who's the who's the like big villain from Street Fighter um the guy with the red and he's got the the hat on
1: Zangief no not Zangief
0: um Bison Bison M Bison M Bison kind of like that or like um Jotaro Kujo or like Bancho Leomon from Digimon She's got that same thing going on Uh, and it's great. And her, her fighting style is like she fires like brass knuckles and other weapons at, at her opponent. And at one point she has like, what looks to be like a, a take on a barbed wire wrapped bat. Like she's, she's basically designed off of like a high status street fighter kind of gang leader type And it's Mm -hmm. cool. It's a really cool character design. And I was like, I know she's going to, by the end of this episode, she's probably going to have to lose and no longer have this anymore. But I kind of wish that she got to keep this and become like, you know, Ryuko's partner in crime. Uh, It was very cool. And the fight is great.
1: Yeah. Um, By the end of the fight, though, Mako has come to her senses and she asks Ryuko to destroy the Goku uniform. She does so. um, And they go back to living their normal lives in the slums. Um, They are they are uh, a little bit bummed out, but then they realize that they are still going to be happy there. There's Um, a cool plot thing that is established at the beginning
0: of this episode, which is that Ryuko is really happy being a part of this family because her family... Was uh, torn apart by tragedy when she was growing up. So she never got the chance to have a meal, a sort of loud, boisterous, all sitting at the table meal with a family. And so she's reveling in that at the beginning of this episode. And then as they become rich, they stop eating together. And now at the end of the episode, they're eating together again. And she's like, everything is right in the world. This is better than being rich.
1: Yeah. And then um, uh, Sasuke at the end of this episode reveals that she is using Ryuko to purge the Weaker Clubs um, and that she is uh, basically restructuring the school to her own whim and using Ryuko for her means um, so that she is not blamed for it. And it's uh, a maniacal plot that's going to play forward in our next coverage of it. Um, so stick with us after these credits and we'll talk about what's coming on next week.
0: New to speech, new to speech, new to speech. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of
1: the Geekly Grind podcast network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at b Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like,
0: subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show.
1: New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday.
0: And hey, thanks for listening.
2: Greetings, anime fans. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the editor-in-chief for The Geekly Grind, a place where geeks can go to escape their weekly grind. We're coming up on our fifth year of operation, and to celebrate, we searched high and low for some of the coolest podcasts out there in order to create a new geek-centric podcast network. And what we found were three awesome shows that are sure to be a great addition to any geek's media menu. Of course, there's Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, which is this wonderful show, which features an additional episode weekly now to cover new anime and manga from our friends at Biz and Funimation. You can also dive into the world of comics with Comic Book Keepers, where Chris and Lance chew the fat about their favorite heroes, villains, and comic series, as well as the impact that comics can have on our lives. Finally, if you're seeking a fantastical and fun retreat, Knights of the Roll Table is an engaging and family-friendly D&D adventure starring talented improv actors. With three fantastic podcasts on the books and more on the horizon, make sure to check out the Geekly Grind podcast network as well as our regular content at www.thegeeklygrind.com. Next time on Blake
0: and Spencer Get Jumped, we're covering Naruto Shippuden, episodes 25 through 27. Where
1: we're going to talk about puppets. Even more puppets. And it's really fitting that we're talking about puppets right now, because I just learned all about the big giant puppets that are part of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And random fact about those. um, Did you know that Macy's is the third largest purchaser of helium in the world? (laughs) Oh, God. Random facts, y'all. Random facts. Random facts with Blake and Spencer.